Welcome to Flavor Report, where we are obsessed with helping you answer the question, what's this going to taste like? Whether you're at home, at night out in your city, or traveling in a city somewhere around the world, we're here to help you make your choices. My name is Joe Winger. If you like today's episode, please like, comment, please subscribe, and share. If you're a coffee fanatic, if you're a daily coffee drinker, if you're looking for tips on how to make better coffee and save money and still have a great cup of coffee, you're going to love today's talk. We have Maurice Contreras from Volcanica Coffee here with us. So let's learn about Maurice. Native Costa Rican Maurice Contreras started Volcanica Coffee to import excellent tasting coffee from volcanic regions such as his homeland to consumers. He started the company in his garage and now operates a coffee plant near Atlanta, Georgia. And here we go. Let's talk with Maurice. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. I I, I tasted your, your coffee that you sent over earlier this week and I loved it. And I'm just excited to kind of get to know you more. Your background is interesting, how you got into this work and learn more about coffee in general. So just as I get to know you, Starting off very generally, what is your favorite thing about coffee? Is there a moment that kind of inspired you to really get into coffee professionally? Uh, favorite thing I like about coffee is really the flavor. Um, and, 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 and that actually was how, we, how I got started. Is, uh, I'm from Costa Rica. And uh, for a long time, I would do annual trips with the family. It was to be a family vacation. And on one of our trips, we did a... Uh, a, a, a coffee uh, farm tour and uh, just got to learn about coffee. And this is back in 2004. Oh. And one of the things that that dawned on me, and I kind of already knew this, but it just kind of like came, cemented for me that on that one trip is how coffee in Costa Rica was so much better than coffee in the United States. I just hmm. didn't understand, you know, why a third world country, you know, had better coffee. Um, and uh, you, you know, I, I what it came back to is was the quality of coffee in the United States has really come down over mm-hmm. o- over several decades. Um, and so that's when I thought that there was an opportunity to uh, to bring better tasting coffee or specialty coffee, as it's known today, um, to the United States. That's how it, that's that's really how it got started. And it really was more about the flavor and just enjoying you know, the richness of a Costa Rican coffee. Is there a simple reason why first world coffee just isn't as good? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the general sense was um, um, just because it became more of a highly produced, big production, big coffee houses. Um, um, and and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, like the word Maxwell House it actually is a chain of hotels, um, and some of them are still in existence. And so Maxwell House started from the uh, the, the Maxwell House Hotel in Memphis, Tennessee, and oh. uh, and they were they served breakfast and they had really good coffee, <laughs> and it and it became really popular. Right. And, uh, it became very famous, and then eventually it became its own brand, Maxwell House, and then it ended up getting acquired by corporate conglomerates, and that really good tasting coffee just turned into coffee. <laughs> <That's interesting. laughs> 
so that's that's really what happened to coffee in the United States is 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 you know it, it was at one time people would really you know back and this is I'm talking back in the 1920s 1930s 1940s people really appreciated good coffee and then just kind of lost sight of what good coffee was. That's amazing. The Maxwell House story is a great example of that. I we uh, we were talking a few weeks ago to someone who works at a big spirits company and they mentioned the same thing that once an artisanal brand kind of goes corporate, oftentimes what made them so good, they find ways to, the quality goes down, which is unfortunate, but that's a really good example. Yeah, um, it's true. And, 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 you know, just to go on, uh, is, is, is the statement that I've, uh, you know, that, that that's famous, but I've heard is the accountants got involved at the corporate level and it was just buy cheaper quality, make it cheaper. You know, how can we reduce costs? And that's how we ended up where we are. The accountants, we can blame the accountants. <laughs> I, it's a shame, but I, I get it. I can see that point of view. So as we segue into getting deep into coffee here, obviously there's people out there who drink coffee every day. There's people out there who drink coffee all day, every day. From a coffee lover's point of view, for someone who either rarely drinks coffee or even as an adult, as a teen, as a whatever, perhaps they've never had coffee. Is there a, what, what would you say to convince them to give your coffee a try? Yeah, that uh, that coffee really is an enjoyable drink to be appreciated and enjoyed for the flavor of what it is. And it's not just something that you pull over and, you know, drink a cup just to wake you up. Um, mm. You know, that that that's the way I I was raised about, you know, or at least let me just say society was raised, um, not me personally. But society, when I was growing up, it was hey, coffee is just something to, to you drink just to just to wake up. Um, you know, but really coffee and by all the different varieties, there's a lot of flavor notes, a lot of, you know, fla different flavors to be enjoyed. And a lot of it depends upon the, the, the different regions. Um, so, so I, I, you know, my recommendation is, is try it out, you know, and, you know, get, get some good coffee and, 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 you know, with some flavor notes that you enjoy, like for example, Ethiopian coffees. They have a, a lot of berry notes, a lot of fruit tones, even uh, red wine notes. You know, some of those things can, can really just like really open up people's um, perspective on coffee. Got it. That's, it is interesting to me. I guess uh, there's there's a stereotype out there where it's really just about that jolt, that energy, that wake up. But good coffee, the kind of coffee you're talking about, is even more about the flavor than it is that good morning jolt to get you get you conscious, get you get you running of your day. Your background, as far as the work you did before Volcanica Coffee Company, was it following a personal passion, or how did you go from your your non coffee professional life to opening this company? So uh, my career was in marketing. Uh, specifically, I was in the wireless uh, telephone industry. Um, and so it really was just about creating a brand. I, I, oh. I was part of the, uh, the, the, the startup team at TrackPhone Wireless, um, which is now a part of Verizon. Um, so being a part of that, I was the national director. I created the brand. In fact, wow. there's still a lot of things that, you know, in the brand that you, you know, things that I created. So part of it was, was me. I had a passion for marketing. I love marketing. Um, 
And when I did that with TrackPhone, I kind of thought, hey, you know, what if, you know, because I realized I wasn't, you know, it, you know, that it was going to benefit a lot of other people, you know, because I worked in a corporation. But right. it was kind of like, hey, gee whiz, what if I created my own brand and uh, just created a, a, a business? And so I actually was on a hunt for probably a couple of years of thinking about, hey, what would be a good business to, to try? And right. then I just kind of stumbled on the coffee because it was staring me in the face. I'm from Costa Rica. Coffee is great. I love coffee. It was like one of those things. It was like, oh, <laughs> it was right in front of me <laughs> all along. See, I, I love that story. And I think there, there's such a message in there for, I guess, people of all ages, really, about this whole company, this, the success you're currently riding is all because you took a, a industry knowledge of marketing, a personal passion for coffee, and took the chance, the risk of putting them together and going for it. And here we are today as a result. And I think, I think the world would be a better place if more people took that risk, but also recognizing that you took a really valuable skill set you had, your, your knowledge of marketing, your passion of marketing, and you put that knowledge and passion into a topic that I'm sure you did research for and realized there's a market need for. Yep, that's true. Yeah, you hit it right there. And, and, and then, uh, so, so I'll just um, add on to that about sure. your, your comment about taking a risk. So it was a risk because I, I was in a... You know, I was making a good, good living. I had a good salary, you know, and, and, and I loved what I was doing. So it was kind of like, well, I don't want to affect any of that. So the kind of was, and this was my business plan. It was a part-time thing just to see what happens and, you know, create something <laughs> part-time, work nights and weekends. And, you know, and, and that, that's how I, that's how it all started out. It was like wow. one foot in the corporate world and then one foot in this other side hustle. How did your family feel about that? Was there anxiety? Was it just super go for it, or what was the response like? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely. Uh, it was definitely a struggle there because I had a young family, and you know, and and I loved spending time with them and being with them, and you know, there was always a conflict. But part of how I resolved that was, I would just wake up early in the morning, and I I spent my time. I for a longest time, I'd get up one hour or one and a half, sometimes even two hours before I had to go to work or do something else. And I would go into my home office and do my little thing and just work on that. That's, that's, you know, so, I, you know, I didn't want to neglect the family and I didn't. Segwaying yeah. to the actual coffee part now, okay. your website mentions coffee regions and how the region's soil contributes to the taste. And uh, a lot of our audience who's into food and wine will realize the tour aspect is very familiar to that. So can you pick two or three regions and explain how their, what their soil is like and how it does contribute to the taste? Sure. Um, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll start with um, the um, African coffees, for example. Um, you know, th their soil is very unique um, in that... Um, coffees from Africa tend to have a lot of berry notes, um, a lot more flavor of, of fruit, um, which is very unique and very different um, compared to, say, uh, coffees from Indonesia. Um, Indonesian coffees um, uh, tend to be lower in acidity, um, and acidity is provides flavor, um, uh, but they're still very good 
tasting coffees, um, even though that they're lower in acidity, uh, um, they, they still do very well as coffees in Africa are very acidic, um, provide a lot of flavor. Um, so also the coffees in, uh, in, in, in Indonesia, Sumatra, for example, uh, Papua New Guinea, those are, and even Hawaiian Kona coffees, um, those uh, tend to have a lot of boldness, you know, like when you taste the cup, you know, your face, your, it, it, your mouth just tends to like really just have that bold, you know, flavor, which you don't get in African coffees. It's, 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 it's really different. Huh. So those are two, a couple of examples there. Sure, sure. So really it is much like old world wine versus new world wine, it really is a noticeable difference in mouthfeel depending on what region you're going after. And I know we'll get into this a bit later, but I guess when we're looking for which beans we should buy, we should do a little bit of research to figure out what kind of experience we wanna have before we go ahead and shop. That's kind of what it sounds like, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, you hit it right there. You know, when people ask, you know, hey, what kind of coffee should I, should I buy? I always ask, well, what kind of flavors do you like? You know, start there. And then also for people that are really for experimenting, I just say, try different coffees from different regions around the world and then try and figure out what is your favorite. Is it kind of like going to an ice cream shop where there's a bunch of different flavors, but they're all going to be pretty tasty? Is that kind of how it is? Or could I really go in and have a, not negative experience, but could I get some beans that, my gosh, just really, really aren't for me? Yes. And and there are some coffee regions that just don't do well, mm. um, that don't provide the good flavors. And, and, and we do not carry coffees like that from those countries. Your Costa Rican, the volcanic regions really might have inspired the whole brand, obviously with the name involved. So tell us more about the Costa Rican volcanic regions. Yeah, so um, the uh, the most popular uh, coffee growing region in Costa Rica is uh, the Terrazu area, which is a very mountainous, goes up to 5,000 uh, feet above sea level, uh, south of San Jose, um, and very steep. Um, the coffee beans, uh, be, because of the volcanic soil, have a lot of flavor. It's like a, it's a very mild flavor, but very flavorful as well. And because of the uh, the, the the elevations, the beans are also very dense. Um, there, it's a it's a harder bean. In fact, there's a, a designation strictly hard bean, uh, um, HSB, um, that is used in the industry uh, because of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, so coffee, uh, um, you know, being from Costa Rica, um, I was pretty much, I, I came here when I was a baby. Um, but, um, it was, it was funny. My mom would tell the stories about, you know, she would assist with her father, which is my grandfather in the harvest, um, in when, when they're out in, um, in the, because my grandfather was a teacher, let me just say that, and he would work out in the rural areas of Costa Rica, um, and in the rural areas where the coffee bean uh, farm, uh, farms were, they would assist during the uh, harvest time uh, with uh, picking coffee, uh, coffee beans off the trees. Huh. So it's kind of neat. So it was, there was the connection going back, you know, a couple of generations in our family. So really, I mean, 
I guess there's been a coffee influence throughout generations of your family. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, so for the longest time, for decades, maybe mm. probably even a century up until, up until this century, coffee was the number one product for Costa Rica. Uh, today it's tourism, <laughs> <laughs> but coffee for the longest time. And so coffee always was part of, you know, growing up, I always had coffee. My parents were always drinking coffee. You know, we had coffee every morning. Wow. Well, just be, because you bring that up and um, not to segue too much, but if somebody wanted to visit Costa Rica, maybe even a specific a coffee lover, is there a place you can recommend as far as an area to uh, to come visit? Or is that out of, out of your sight? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, actually, uh, one of the farms that we work with, Finca uh, Las, um, uh, Las Mercedes, um, actually has an Airbnb right on their plantation. Um, and, uh, and we've had several customers that have made trips there and uh, have gone stayed at the, at, at the house there. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's in a farm, right. but it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. That would be amazing. This just, I love traveling. I, I'm not literally in the same city more than four or five days in a row right now. So the idea of as, as long as there's good Wi-Fi, um, the idea of going down there for a couple of days sounds amazing. So I may follow up with you about that to hear more. Okay. Um, and, and they do have good Wi-Fi. <laughs> is that right? Okay. Outstanding. Perfect. Um, on your website, you bring up often about the idea of since the pandemic, people are making more coffee at home. And that's literally at the time, me and my girlfriend, my, my then girlfriend, that's during the pandemic, we made coffee every single morning. It became part of keeping our life somewhat routine. And what I quickly realized was um, she at some point in her life worked at a coffee shop I never had. And so it turns out there's a lot of wrong ways to mm -hmm. grind brew coffee that I just wasn't aware of. I was probably doing a C minus job and uh, she got a kick out of that. And she definitely started trying to teach me to be a better coffee maker. So Am I alone or is that a common thing of not doing your grinding and, and brewing correctly? And if that is a common thing, can you just walk us through step-by-step step the best way to grind and brew your coffee? Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I say this to a lot of people is the single largest improvement in the freshness of your coffee is by grinding your beans at home. Um, so that's the, that's the first thing. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people buy ground coffee Ground coffee, because it's in smaller particles, tends to deteriorate very quickly. So you lose, if you're buying ground coffee, you're, 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 you're not enjoying the, the, the best of what coffee can be. So grinding at home, um, first of all, um, we recommend a burr grinder. Um, the other uh, type of grinder is a blade grinder, which is a cheap type grinder that you can um, um, which does not do as well as a burr grinder. Burr grinders just basically gears um, that uh, better uh, grind up the coffee. So first of all, it's the type of grinder. First of all, get a a burr grinder. Um, the second thing is is you want to you want to match your grind type to how you're brewing. So there's different levels, which is basically how how fine or how coarse you want the coffee, um, and and. So for example, if you're doing a French press, you want to have a coarse grind. And so there's a, a French press setting on most grinders or, or, or to dial in to get to that um, uh, 
a coarse grind. The opposite spectrum is an espresso grind. It's almost like, like sand, very fine sand. Um, um, so you wanna, if, if you had coarse coffee and an espresso maker, you'd have a bad cup of coffee and the opposite too. So if you had a French press where you're using espresso ground coffee, you would not have a good tasting coffee. Um, a lot of it has to do with the extraction and the, um, you know, this is the chemistry behind coffee, the extraction and the type of, 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 of hold on one second, I walk. light just turned off there. <laughs> the, <laughs> the extraction of, uh, of, of, coffee, of coffee to water, um, that's why you want to match the, the grind type. And then in the middle of that would be like a traditional drip grind, which most people have, um, which is a medium um, coarseness of, 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 of a grind type. Um, and that works best to, with uh, pour overs or a drip grind. And, and the other thing that makes a ton of sense, but I didn't really put two and two together, is how much once you buy the equipment, you're, you're saving quite a bit of money by doing this all at home. And oh, can yeah. you help somebody who, so many people have their daily routine of stopping by a certain coffee shop, buying their four five, $6 coffee, and that's just part of life. Uh, is there anything there to elaborate on as far as helping somebody understand, not just, it sounds like they're gonna get a lot more value and quality out of doing it at home, but from a, a money and a budget point of view, how much can they save doing this? Oh yeah, um, savings are, uh, are, you know, a a, coffee, a cup of coffee outside can cost anywhere between, depending upon where you get it, between three to six bucks um, for a regular cup of coffee. Um, and um, you know, you could drop that down um, a, a lot less to, to probably like fifty cents per cup of coffee. Um, or, and sometimes even less than that. Plus, you're also controlling the 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 the, the actual um, flavor of that coffee of, of of in your selection process of of, of the type of coffee that you're doing. Um, but um, the savings um, is 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 actually very great. In fact, I'm going to do real quickly here. So if you're if, if you know just a typical bag that we sell is about has 42 cups of coffee, that's 43 cents a cup. Wow. Uh, right there. So, um, you know, 42 cents, you know, 43 cents compared to, you know, five bucks or three bucks, you know, that's a big savings right there. And then you're, and, and you're also controlling, you know, how hot it is and how fresh it is. Absolutely. I, I'm, you may know this already. I'm, I'm wondering aloud right now, the average coffee drinker, you know, just right down the middle, how many cups do you think they have a day? Is that a, is that a is there a pretty common assumption out there? Or is it all over the board? Yeah, it's it is all over the board, but uh, the average is about between one to two cups of coffee, and um, and I just read this this morning in the Wall Street Journal: sixty six percent of the, of Americans are have 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 had coffee within the last day. Wow, so that's a lot of people who may or may not be having it correctly and may or may not be overpaying by several dollars for that cup. And they may or may not be enjoying that cup because they may be missing out on flavor that they're not even aware of. Yep, yep, that's true. Volcanic, you've mentioned a few times now that low acid. 
Can you talk a little bit about Volcanica's low acid coffee products? And I'm, I'm making assumptions. So how it affects taste, how it affects your digestion, how it affects, how it affects the drinker's health. Sure. Um, so uh, low acid coffee is actually a natural uh, occurrence. There's no additives that needed to be added to it. To, at least we, we don't add anything to our coffee. It's just coffee, how it's sourced, um, which tends to be more from the Sumatra, Indonesian areas that I mentioned earlier, uh, mm. tend to be uh, lower in acidity. Um, uh, and uh, um, how it's brewed also affects acidity. Um, so for example, if you cold brew, um, the cold brew method mm. tends to lower uh, the acidity of coffee. Um, so even more so than if you brewed it traditionally in, 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 in a drip grinder. Um, but what it, what it has done is, um, for, or, or the benefit to people are uh, people who suffer from acid reflux, GERD, and different types of indigestion, um, uh, abnormalities um, can benefit from low acid coffee just because the pH mm. is a higher number. That, and that's that's where the you know it, it it's lower in the city because it's a higher pH, and just the the couple little points make a difference with in 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 people being able to experience coffee. And we have a lot of customers that tell us that are thanking us because they could not drink coffee before. They heard about our low acid coffee, and they've enjoyed it. So now they can drink coffee again. So they're real thankful about that. I'm not, I just wonder how many people out there are suffering from this and don't even realize that there's an answer to it. Is that a, is that a common resolution that people find? Oh yeah. 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 Because a lot of people just have written off coffee or the doctors maybe are, are telling them, you know, you need to have a more alkaline diet, eliminate, you know, yeah. your acidity from your diet, which includes coffee. A lot of people just don't know that. Yeah. So, so I did want to add on. So we have one, um, uh, coffee, which is a blend of different coffees called the low acid coffee, which is you know, the namesake. Um, plus we have, I think like 12 or 15 other coffees that are also rated as low acid. Um, and they're rated because we rated them. We, we rated them. We've done the pH levels on all of them and all of, all of them fall into that category of being lower in acidity. There's a good chance somebody watching this interview or hearing us right now is quite literally watching us or hearing us on social media. So they're they're staring at their device listening to this. Um, your community, you guys have built up a really strong community on your social media avenues. So can you tell us how to find you on your socials and your brand who actually listens to your audience and you're proudly you know, changing your products, changing how you do business based what your audience is suggesting and advising and reacting to. So tell us where to find you on social and tell us a, a story or two maybe about whether it's something silly like, like Bodie McBoatface or something very serious. How has your brand listened to your community on social and what has, what have the results been like? All right. Um, so um, we're on uh, all of the major socials. We're uh, on Instagram. We're at, at Volcanica Coffee. Um, you can also on, on Facebook and Twitter, Volcanica Coffee, um, very easy to find us. Um, we, uh, we're, we take customer feedback real seriously. Um, we're always looking for input and, 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 and ideas because there's always new things going on. 
Um, so we're always um, monitoring the uh, the comments from customers based on uh, you know different advertising or different posts that we do. Um, um, the majority of them are like whimsical, you know, just commentary things. Um, um, but every once in a while, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get a request from a customer of, you know, hey, do you, have you ever thought about carrying this type of coffee or coffee from this region or different things like that, um, which we'll, we'll, we'll look into um, and, uh, and, 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 and look at it. Um, and also from feedback, um, you know, anything generally, if, if, if there's an issue, a customer will, will comment to us or, or communicate us to us directly. Um, nice. And uh, we offer 100% customer satisfaction. So we so we look to resolve any issues that may be happening, whether the customer just didn't like a coffee, which happens, you know, no fault to our own uh, that, that we caused, but just something that they didn't like. Um, but, uh, you know, generally from a, the, the, the social media area, I mean, we're, we just like to have a pulse of, uh, have our finger on the pulse of what's going on just to hear what's what, what what commentary is and and we also do that with competitors too because you know we'd like to see you know what they're doing if someone does suggest a new bean a new varietal a new region is that an easy outreach to investigate or is that a whole process in, in other words is that a quick thing that you could add to your product line a new bean or is that a whole process that takes a lot more time than just the outreach yeah, it is. It, it is a long process because you know to 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 identify, you know, a particular coffee region um, mm -hmm. or variety um, does take some research, um, especially if it's something that's not not real popular. Of uh, either you know working with our our, our current suppliers or, or 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 sometimes we we will we'll reach out and try and work directly um, with some farms and some some uh, co-ops in the country. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a long process to, you know, source, to identify, to import, to set up the web page, uh, you know, to create the labels. And uh, it, it, it is a long process and it's not something we were, you know, we're okay with doing it. We just want to make sure that there's a, you know, a market and an opportunity for that. And, and kind of speaking of that actually is, I'm a huge fan of e-commerce. If you don't know the industry you're shopping for, there's an intimidation factor. And so I would love your thoughts on what a coffee strategy should be for when you're shopping, whether I'm on your e-commerce or at a coffee shop itself looking at beans. How do I get that confidence and what's a great strategy for finding the right beans for me? Um. It's a good question. Um, well, I think one, um, you, you, you want to align yourself with a, a brand that has a quality product. I, I, I think that's number one. Um, and then um, you want to look at customer reviews. Um, you want to see what other customers are saying. Um, you know, what's the pulse of the customer um, with that brand? Um, uh, we, we take a lot of pride that uh, we're uh, 4.9 rated on Amazon. Um, and 4.8 on Trustpilot on our website. Um, so, and that's developed over uh, over the since we started the business, which we've been in business for 20 years. Um, so, I'd say that um, you know, um, you know, lining yourself with a good company, roasting the technique of roasting, which is a form, which is basically cooking, um, 
you know, you have to have some talented people behind there. So you want to make sure that, uh, it, it, you know, that it's a good brand with that has the right roasting equipment, that has the right roasting uh, technique and and personnel that are doing it. Um, so one, um, so, you know, after you've settled in on what brand you're going to be using, you know, then it's a matter of, you know, what type of coffee do you like? Is we, we, we talked a little bit about this uh, earlier was, you know, what type of flavor notes do you like? What are you looking for? Are you looking for something mild? Are you looking for something, you know, that has berry notes or something that's lower in acidity? They're just like, for instance, if I came on a site knowing almost nothing, what's a sale, what's a safe way to pick a bean that I think that I'll probably enjoy? Is there a step-by-step -step way to do that? Yeah. Um, so you bring up a good point. Um, so we we carry uh, over 150 different coffees, <laughs> which is a lot, um, and we get that question a lot. Um, you know, on our website, um, we don't have a filtering system. We've seen this, and you know, some sites have. You know, like what type of coffee do you prefer? So it refines it down. Um, you know, for, usually customers will uh, default back to what they're used to or what they're familiar with. You know, like, for example, you know, Colombian coffee has you know, been made famous. You know, a lot of people default back to a Colombian coffee, which is a good, mild, middle of the road coffee. It's an, an excellent, too. Um, you know, I, I, visiting our website, you really have to, you know, have some you know, some some preference of, of what you're what what you're looking for. Um, you know, but uh, you bring up a good point, you know, that, you know, having some tools out there would would be beneficial to people that in help in the selection process. That's actually on our roadmap for the future. Come to you for that final sale, come to you because you have 150 options. So whatever I'm looking for, whether it's mild or more aggressive, you're offering it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was funny. I was thinking back from your previous question about social media and, and customer feedback. Part of the reason why we have 150 coffees is because we've been listening to our customers over the years. You know, it's like, I'll remember, and this was 15 years ago. This is, you know, a customer who emailed us and said, Hey, how come you guys, you know, we'd love for you guys to carry Sulawesi coffee. Never even heard of Sulawesi coffee, you know, huh. We decided to bring it in and it's, it took off. It, be, it was one of our more popular coffees for the longest time. Um, so, so we kind of like filled out all the different, you know, the most popular varieties. And speaking of listening, our audience is listening right now. And you've given us a lot of your time and a lot of your knowledge and a lot of your insight and credibility what are you asking? If, if what do you ask from people listening and watching right now? What what would you like them to go do? Uh, I I would uh, just ask our customers or, or the listeners, I should say, is hey, if you're if you're interested in finding out more about coffee and experiencing coffee, um, there are so many different layers in the coffee flavor um, industry, very similar to wine. Um, you know, so I would, I would say, you know, start exploring, see what you like. Um, it's a great cup of great, great different flavors and varieties that we offer. We even offer decafs. We offer flavored coffees. It's, it's really something for everybody. 
That's incredible. I love the variety that you offer. Um, so the website to go to is Volcanica volcanicacoffee.com so it's v-o-l-c-a-n-i-c-a and then coffee um and then also we mentioned you're on volcanica coffee on same name on facebook same name on instagram uh twitter are you on twitter yes we are yep volcanica so you're, coffee you're on the mm -hmm. top three are you on any other platforms that we should find you on um we're also on uh tiktok um and uh, I believe that's that's it. Um, and yeah. I, I, uh, I'll mention Amazon as well. We're a top yeah. seller. In fact, we're one of the top fifteen coffee companies on Amazon. Outstanding. That I mean that says a lot because Amazon is huge. And so, yeah, it kind of blew it kind of blew me away when I learned I found out about that just a, a couple of months ago. You know, because there's Lavazza, Maxwell House. You know, and then down the list, there's Volcanica Coffee. So we have a pretty good business at Amazon. That's amazing. That that says a lot. So congrats, because that, that's a good that's a good brand association to be with. So uh, so the, the the future of coffee of what we're seeing is 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 more um, um, specially curated lots, um, uh, and 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 I would call these we, we call them our our private collection. Um, farmers that are actually getting in and, and fermenting their coffee with mango, peach, you know, different types of fruits that they're fermenting in with the coffee, which is um, infusing, uh, you know, so to say, or fermenting in those flavors in the coffee. And it's really interesting, some, some really good coffees that are coming out of there. And it's really, it, we have a few of them right now. Uh, we're, we hope to be carrying um, some more in the, in the near future. They're not cheap. Uh, I'll tell you that. They're, they're a little bit more expensive, but I'd call them, they're the more exotic varieties. And that's where um, we're starting to see coffee going. Wow. And, and, and you said you're already carrying some of it, but here we are in March of 2023. What's the timeline on that as far as, so it's not even the future, it's, it's the now. Is that correct? Yeah, the future is now, and I, and the reason why I, I I say it's just a growing trend. I, okay. I think as people become more uh, more aware that these special lots exist, um, yeah, that that they would start to experiment. It's it's still it's still somewhat new, and and we still have a lot of farmers that are experimenting and tweaking, doing different things to to to, to improve the flavors. And I was going to ask that. So mostly experimenting and the tweaking is all about creating stronger flavors, different flavors. Is that the result behind that? Yeah. Yeah. And not, it, not so much stronger flavors, but just different flavors, very unique flavors. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the fact that um, we, we purpose to give back. Um, oh. we, we, we love to give back. And because of that, um, you know, we've been, we've, We've been blessed. We've been very successful. Um, we donate one percent of our website sales to an organization called Charity Water, um, and what they do is they basically build water uh, projects or infrastructure in uh, um, impoverished communities around the world. Um, this year, we're actually sponsoring a well in Ethiopia for a particular town. It's about you know the cost is like sixteen thousand dollars. You know, to build build the well, the filtration system, everything involved with that. We basically have, have because of our, our our donations that we're giving, we we purchased that single well. But 
we're we're real proud of that. We 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 don't know these people. We just know that we we you know we 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 buy a lot of coffee from Ethiopia, and we'd love to give back to them. Um, as we wrap up, Maurice, I, I want to thank you because I, I feel like you've given us a lot of one hundred and one basic knowledge, but you also given us a lot of more higher level knowledge, and especially behind the scenes of you building your business, what you built it to, what inspired you. So thank you so much for your time. This really has been really interesting. And I just appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time this morning and uh, giving us some coffee talk. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity for this interview. Appreciate it. Thank you, Maurice. I really enjoyed our conversation and learning more about the beans and the origins, as well as your story about deciding on how you're going to launch the company. So as always, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.